Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Why celebrate? Why celebrate anyway? You know, if you think about it, a lot of thinking, a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of resource went into having such a great weekend last weekend. And a cynical person might say, well, what was the point? Bit self-indulgent, wasn't it? Or maybe they pull out the old classic. All of that money could have been given to the poor. Why do I say it's an old classic? Because that is actually a biblical statement. But it wasn't made by Jesus. It was actually made by Judas. Jesus was actually having a meal with Mary, Martha and Lazarus. You may remember, Lazarus is the guy that Jesus raised from the dead. And Mary broke open a really expensive bottle of perfume and was there at Jesus' feet, anointing his feet with the perfume, mopping it up with her hair. I don't know about you, but for me, that's a bit awkward, right? I'm sitting down for a meal, and this woman comes and starts at my feet. I know the condition of my feet. I don't want people there. But not just anointing with perfume, but crying, weeping over Jesus, mopping it up with her hair. Like for me, I'm like, Jesus, this, this is really awkward. But not for Jesus. Jesus let her. It was actually Judas that made the comment, oh, what a waste. That bottle of perfume, that's really expensive. That could have been sold and the money given to the poor. I love what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't just look at the words. He looks at the heart behind the words. And he stands up for Mary and he says, no, leave her alone. She has done something for me that no one else has. She, with a pure heart, wanted to anoint Jesus while he was still alive. And looking at Judas speaking straight at his heart. It's like, no, you're using the poor as an excuse. You have a bad attitude and the Bible says you're actually a thief. And so sometimes we can get caught up in what is a good thing. You know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't look after the poor. Looking after the poor is a good thing. But at the same time, we need to look at the heart and we need to look at the motives. And it's not just enough to embrace one of God's ways. Looking after the poor is one of God's ways. But do you know what? So celebration. When we go back, way back to the third book of the Bible in Leviticus, written about 1400 BC, written to God's chosen nation, Israel, showing them, telling them, this is how you should conduct yourselves. This is how to worship God. 
In Leviticus, it talks about how to look after the poor. It says that when you collect your crops, leave the gleanings. In other words, if something falls to the ground, don't pick it up. Leave it. So that those who are poor, widowed, orphaned can come through and survive. But the same book in chapter 27 outlines seven different celebrations, seven different feasts that the Israelites were to go by. The same book that says, hey, look after the poor, also says, celebrate. The same book says, hey, celebrating is worth it and that we should celebrate. I actually think that celebration is a lost spiritual discipline. You see, when I say, hey, spiritual discipline, the first thing you probably think of is the negative connotation to the word discipline, right? It's a discipline. Oh, that means it's going to be hard. It's a discipline. That means I'm just going to have to work my way through it. Just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And there is an element of truth to that. But a spirit of celebration actually makes all of the other disciplines happy. You know, when I, when I talk about a spiritual discipline, you probably think about, oh, he's talking about prayer and he's talking about Bible reading. He's talking about worship. He's talking about gathering together as the church. And I am. But the spirit of celebration should be amongst all of those things. The spirit of celebration makes all of those things fun. All throughout Scripture, it says, hey, celebrate. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you missed it the first time, again, I say, rejoice. Why do we need to be reminded? Why if we say it once, do we need to be reminded in the very next sentence? Because I forget. I don't know about you, but in the busyness of life, I tend to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing without actually stopping and going, woohoo! We won! All throughout Scripture, it says, hey, celebrate God. Why celebrate? Hey, because celebrating is godly. Way back at the very start, Genesis chapter 1, we have the creation story where God speaks things into being. And at the end of each day, he says, he saw that it was good. How do you read that? How do you read that? Hey, God created all of the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, the animals on the earth. And he stood back and said, hmm, goes all right. (laughs) No, I think this is way understated. I think that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are standing there in heaven going, whoa, look at that. You see that thing with the long neck? What were you thinking, God? Where did that come from? You create animals that breathe air, but then you create fish that breathe water. Where where did that come from? I think 
that we need to open our Bible a little bit more to see that God is actually having a party in heaven. And if God's having a party in heaven, then we should be celebrating on earth, right? Why celebrate? Because God is good. God created us in His image. It's not like He created us and then went, oh, didn't know they could do that. He created celebration. He created joy. He created delight. He's asking us, hey, will you put it into practice? The same God that celebrated over his creation put in place those seven feasts so that the Israelites would remember him and celebrate. Do you know that Jesus actually followed those feasts? What we know as the Last Supper was actually the celebration of the Passover. One of those feasts that were put in place in Leviticus 23. If Jesus celebrated while he was on earth, then we should be celebrating as well. But it actually even gets better than that. In Luke 15, Jesus told three parables. He told three stories that illustrate a point. The first story he told was the parable of the lost sheep. A shepherd that had a hundred sheep. And as he was taking the hundred back to the fold, he realised he only had 99. And so leaving the 99 safe and secure, went out to find the one missing sheep. And Jesus followed that up immediately with a parable of a woman and a lost coin. She had 10 coins that were very valuable, but she realised that she'd missed one. One was not in the spot where it should have been. And Jesus tells the parable that she swept the whole house clean, turned everything upside down, searched everywhere to find that one coin. And then Jesus follows that story up immediately with the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. A son who said to his father, hey, I've had enough of this. Give me my inheritance. I am out of here. And he goes and squanders his inheritance and coming to his senses, realises that he'd be better off back home. And so he turns around and goes home to find his father once again. And you know what? The end of each of those parables ends in exactly the same way. In Luke 15, verse 10, it says, In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Do you know what? Heaven has actually had a party in my honour. Blows my mind. When I was a 10-year-old punk kid in Pinaroo, in the back of a semi-trailer. What? Literally, we had a semi-trailer that rolled through town that the back was decked out like a church and the kids would come from school to the semi-trailer after each day for a week and party and celebrate. In the back of that semi-trailer, when I gave my life to God, all of heaven partied in my name. 
all of heaven stood there and said, Whoa, that punk kid just decided to follow Jesus. Let's party. Do you know, for every believer in this place, heaven has partied over you specifically. When you gave your life to Christ, it created such a party in heaven. Why celebrate? Because God celebrates over you. Why shouldn't we be celebrating Him? Come on. But it gets even better than that. Because I know that God celebrates every single time I make a righteous decision as opposed to an unrighteous decision. When I'm faced with a choice, I'm sure that God and all the angels are there going, come on, what's he going to choose? Come on, get ready, because if he chooses righteousness, if he chooses, if he makes a good choice here, it's going to affect his destiny. If it's going to affect his destiny, we better celebrate that, right? So if he's going to make a righteous choice, then we're going to party. Heaven has partied specifically for you more than once, more than once. And you know what? If you're not a believer in this place, you're so welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Please know God is not angry with you. God is not frustrated with you. God is not just like, God and all the angels in heaven, they're there. They're waiting. And when you're ready to make your choice to follow Jesus, they're ready to party. You're so welcome in this place today. The second thing, the second reason why we should celebrate, because celebrating is strength. In Nehemiah 8 verse 10, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food. It almost sounds very Aussie, doesn't it? Go and enjoy choice food. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. The day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah was a man in about the 5th century BC. The walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed. Jerusalem was in tatters because of raiding parties and armies that had gone through. And Nehemiah had this burning desire to gather the Israelites back together and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It was a massive task. And they faced huge opposition. And yet when it was completed, they found the scriptures of the Lord in Jerusalem. And as they read those scriptures out over the people, this is Nehemiah's response. You know what? Let's party, people. We've just achieved something great, a great opposition. We've found the scriptures of God again. Let's celebrate because the joy of the Lord is your strength. How do you face big problems in your life? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength means that you're going to need strength. How do you face big problems in your life? I've already shared previously that I'm an overthinker. And I will try to work out a solution to the problem myself. 
and then in trying to find a solution to the problem, just in case that solution doesn't work, I'll find a contingency just to make sure that I get to the end goal that I want. But then the contingency may not work, so I need a contingency for my contingency just in case the original plan doesn't work. What happens to my joy? There is none. I've used so much mental energy trying to solve problems that actually aren't even going to happen that I've lost all my joy. What's Nehemiah saying here? He's saying, get your eyes off your problem. Celebrate God. Because in the celebration of God, you're going to find strength for your problem. Allow him to move on your behalf. You know what? This is way more than just staying positive. This is way more than just wishful thinking. In the presence of God, you will find the strength that you need to keep on going. Last Sunday night, we had Richard and Jackie up here on stage telling us about what happened to their daughter. Like, for me, it's, it's mind-boggling, the journey that they've had to walk through. And to be honest with you, are still walking through. But for them to be able to stand here and say, you know what? I had to find strength in God to say goodbye to my girl. Mind-boggling. And when we think about what we stress over at times, it's just like, there's some perspective right there. Right there. What happens when you keep your eyes on Jesus and not on your problem? You see, in one sense, nothing changes. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In one sense, nothing changes when you take it before God. The problem may still be there. The people may still be there. And yet, in one sense, everything changes as you get God's perspective on the issue at hand. Practically, how do you do that? You know what? We've had some fantastic teaching from this platform in the past few months about how to do that. Go back to our series on the voice, hearing the voice of God. Go back to our series on what were you thinking, how we get our minds right to think better God thoughts. Do you know it starts with you making a choice and then keep choosing from there. You make a choice. No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to do this. But that's not going to change things. You're going to have to make that choice again and again and again. And don't let it wear you down. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Keep choosing. Take a break. Go for a walk. Seems very natural. And yet at the same time, as you do that, pray. Allow God to speak to you. Worship. Why? Because celebrating is worship. You see, what you celebrate reveals your priorities. And your priorities show what you worship. What do you celebrate in your life? Do you celebrate family? Do you celebrate friends? Do you celebrate finances? Do you celebrate things? 
cars, houses, boats. Because whatever you celebrate is showing you what you worship. Do you celebrate footy? We've got a lot of people that celebrate footy. And not just celebrate the win, celebrate the team. Win or lose, doesn't matter. They've always got the gear, always telling you what's happening. What do you celebrate? Because there's nothing wrong with celebrating those things. But if we celebrate those things more than we celebrate God, or more than we celebrate God's team, the church, then maybe our priorities are out of whack. Maybe God is not in the number one position in our life. You know what? I've already said, already mentioned it. I'm so excited for Winter Project this week. Not because I'm going to be there. It's okay. I'm so excited for Winter Project this week because what's going to happen this week is that priorities are going to change. And as priorities change, there's going to be a celebration that happens. And that celebration is going to overflow in worship this week. Our young people are going to finish Winter Project this week going, worship was amazing! And it will be. But it will come out of a celebration of God and a changing of priorities in their lives. In Acts 16, verse 25 to 26, Paul and Silas are in prison. And it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Paul and Silas were locked in prison for preaching. They weren't doing anything wrong, but some people didn't like what they were doing. And so they had them locked up in a dank, dirty, cold, miserable prison. And yet within those circumstances, Paul and Silas start nudging each other. Hey, isn't God good? Did you see what happened there? Remember what God did when? Oh, what about when God said? And as they started to celebrate God, they start to worship, praise, overflows from their celebration. And their chains come off. Notice what they don't do. They don't run out of the prison. They actually stayed there and got the jailer and the jailer's family saved. Some of you may be feeling like you're in a prison today. Hey, look, I promise you the doors aren't locked. You can get out. But some of you may be feeling like you're in a prison today. It may be a prison of your own thinking. It may be a prison of your circumstances. It may be a prison of relationships. But let me tell you, the answer today is worship the Lord your God. Celebrate Him and His goodness and allow Him to change your perspective. How often should we celebrate? My answer would be why stop? But practically speaking, how often should we celebrate? 
Let's start by celebrating daily. Psalm 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will. Not I feel. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know what? God has something for you every day to celebrate. But how often do we miss it? How often do we have a bad day and so therefore miss the good things that God does? Do you know what I've realised in my life about a bad day? For me, often a bad day isn't a bad day. A bad day is a bad 10 minutes. And then my mind makes it a bad day for the rest of the time. And yet, if I can celebrate daily, if I can find the win every day, there's no longer a bad day. It's just a day that God's working on me in. So let's celebrate him daily. His mercies are new every morning. But it's up to us to appropriate them at the right spots during our day. Let's worship him daily. Beyond that, let's celebrate weekly. Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. Celebrate weekly. For most of us, that's going to be here in church. For most of us, it's going to be our gathering together. But can I encourage you? As you start celebrating daily, it's going to change your celebrating weekly. I think for many of us, we come to church on a Sunday to get top back up to zero. Oh, I can face Monday again. And then Monday through Saturday, oh my goodness, I need church. Oh, I need church. Sunday, woohoo, back to zero. Can I encourage you, as you celebrate daily, when you gather together, when we gather together as a church, it should be a celebration of woohoo, look what God's done this week. Look at what he's said. Look at how he's moved. Look at how I've changed. And we come as a celebration ready to give something, not ready just to get back to zero. As the band comes, finally this morning, celebrate annually. Celebrate daily. Celebrate weekly. Celebrate yearly. Why yearly? Do you know what? We go on holidays every year. But I'm convinced that we don't holiday well. I think for many of us, we cram so much into our holidays that we then need to go back to work for a break. (laughs) Take some time out in your annual leave to reflect on what God has done over the year. Reflect on how you've changed. Reflect on how God has changed circumstances. Reflect on the fact that, you know what, you may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you were. Take the time to celebrate God. You know what? It's very easy to become cynical. We need to choose to celebrate. Why celebrate? Because you'll find God in your celebration. Allow him to speak with you today. 
We've been designed to celebrate. We've been made in God's image. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 